Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and it's officially May. The season has absolutely flown by, and it's just about to get even more interesting. And this episode is coming out on Thursday, May 4th, so I just want to start by saying, may the 4th be with you, happy Cinco de Mayo, happy Mental Health Awareness Month, and welcome to Mayhem. However you got here today, whether it was an audio podcast platform like Apple, Spotify, etc., or watching on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe and rate if you haven't yet. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Click the link in our bio on either page or go to shop.believe.com to purchase merch. Three shirts available for you, covering our bases, safer out, and catch you soon. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll be covering our bases. I'll give you some news and call-outs from around the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Jordan Rudd. Rudd is a stud. That's really what you need to know. The Northwestern catcher has had quite the college journey that she's hoping to end with a bang here. And she's a WPF draftee now who has more great softball in her future. So super excited about it. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's get started. Covering our bases. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And today, first, where we're going to start is number one. Number one teams that have come out of the conference regular season as champions. In the Pac-12, it's UCLA. It's their 12th time that they have won the regular season in the conference. They'll go to the first ever tournament very, very soon. Excited to see that play out. In the Big 12, Oklahoma, they now have 15 total regular season Big 12 championships, but 11 straight, so over a decade now of dominance from the Sooners. And then you take a look at the Big 10. Northwestern has clinched a share once again for the regular championship in the Big 10, and it's back-to-back for them. Along with this, notable, pitcher Daniel Williams also became the all-time wins leader for Northwestern. And as we all know, I'm a big believer that for any big pitching moment like that, the catchers should get credit. So Jordan Rudd should also get credit for that moment. Second, two people making history just two weeks ago. Michigan State's Sharonda McDonald-Kelly and Illinois' Tyra Perry became the first two black female head softball coaches to face off in Big Ten play. And just so you know even more about these women, they're pretty much a big deal. So McDonald-Kelly... Four-time All-Big 12 selection as a player at Texas A&M from 2004 to 2007. She actually ended her career with the first Women's College World Series trip for A&M in 20 years. She's also the Aggie career record holder with 153 stolen bases. She led the NCAA one year as well and got the Golden Shoe Award before playing seven years professionally. So that's her. 
Then you look at Perry, who graduated from LSU, the second signee in the first signing class ever of the newly created Tiger softball program. Just think about that and where they are today. She also went with them to the first ever NCAA regional tournament appearance. She was a two-year letter winner with LSU after transferring from Nickel State, and she ended up being an NFCA all-South region player with the Tigers. And you know what? Shout out to Big Ten Softball for breaking that barrier. It's good stuff. Third, three coaches reached 900 career wins in the same week. Two of them were in the same day. Lehigh's Fran Troyan and Missouri State's Holly Hess last Wednesday. Lehigh beat St. Joseph's, and Troyan's been there for 28 seasons with the program. Fun fact, he came to Lehigh as an assistant coach to his wife, Sue, in 1990, and then became the head coach before the 1996 season. For Missouri State, they beat Southern Illinois, and Hess has been 35 seasons with the Bears. Undefeated home season this year. She was a former pitcher at Creighton. She went to three straight Women's College World Series appearances, including the first one ever in 1982. And for those that have listened before, we know Rhonda Ravel, former guest on this show, as well as the head coach at Nebraska, was also at that Women's College World Series. So they were in the same day, but then a little bit later that week, Clemson beat Virginia Tech on Sunday to avoid the series sweep. And that is head coach John Rittman, my old college coach. He's in his fourth season with the Tigers, got 150 wins as the inaugural coach at Clemson specifically that time as well, but also 900 career wins overall. And he became the 44th collegiate softball coach to actually reach that mark. So pretty big deal, pretty cool for those coaches to be able to accomplish that with their programs. And to bring it home, my broadcast schedule this week. This weekend, I'm calling the Washington-Stanford game for Pac-12 Network on Sunday in Palo Alto. I'm going to be doing that solo. It also happens to be Stanford Senior Day, which is always special for any program. But I've also covered the senior class, including the super seniors, their entire collegiate careers. And this is the first class that I can actually say that about. So it'll be extra special just for me on a personal note as well. And once again, it's two head coaches in Heather Tarr and Jessica Allister going at it, leading their alma maters. They're in second and third place in the Pac-12 right now. So it's going to be a big weekend. And both coaches have been on the show. So they're both believers that we're rooting for. Speaking of, the Friday and Saturday games are actually going to be on ESPN. And another past guest and friend of the show, Danielle Laurie, will be on the call for those too. So you don't want to miss the Cardinal and the Purple Clash. Another one who bleeds purple is today's guest. I had a chance to chat with her right before she became a Big Ten champion again. So let's head into the interview. She's a super senior at Northwestern, first ever Rawlings Gold Glove Award recipient as a catcher, 2022 Johnny Bench Award winner and Softball America Defensive Player of the Year, Big Ten Conference champ, and all Big Ten player every year, Jordan Rudd. Jordan, I'm very excited that we get to chat. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Of course. I mean, I know it's late in the season. It's also like your last year playing college ball, right? So just like, how are you doing right now? You know, I'm really excited, honestly. I feel like we're getting to the really fun part of the year. And um, it's a little surreal that it is kind of close to the end more than it is the beginning. Um, But, you know, last year I didn't know where my story would end. And this year I know that, like, I can't play college anymore. So that's kind of been like, hitting me a little hard, but it's exciting, you know, to finish it out with my best friends. That always helps. That'll always make it a little (laughs) bit better. And you being from the Midwest too, and also having your career and being able to finish that collegiate part of your career in the Midwest, that seems like it could be pretty special. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like I'm not far from home. I mean, I'm literally like four and a half hours from Northwestern. And I honestly think it's been great playing near home and being able to have a lot of my friends and family be able to come see games. So it's awesome. And you're from Indiana, is that right? Yes. Is Are you a Colts fan? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I loved when Peyton Manning was there and Reggie Wayne and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. I was just wondering. I've been to that stadium before, yeah, so I've been really to Indianapolis nice. a few times. Yeah, it is nice. I, I really enjoyed the experience, so I was just wondering. <laughs> and I know this, we talk about football, but I know this is a softball podcast, but also I saw that you actually played baseball for a while when you were growing up because of your dad. Yeah, my dad was a big baseball player. Um, he ended up not playing in college. He went and played football instead, but um he played baseball for a while and I just kind of liked it because it's what he did. And so until I was about 10, I think it was maybe 11, um, he was like, we got to get you into softball, you know, like, and I was just like, no, like I refuse. And um, eventually it clicked and <laughs> I went to softball, but I loved baseball. Yeah, of course. I mean, makes sense. But he was a catcher too, right? In addition. Yes, he was. Yeah. Did you have a choice in what position you would have or were you always going to be a catcher? You know, my parents were really good about letting me do whatever I wanted, honestly. Um, they also had me do pitching, and honestly, I was a pitcher till I was 14. And uh, my sister is a pitcher, actually. And so they kind of let me decide, but my dad's like, you're going to try every position, and you're going to let me know which ones you like the most. And that's kind of how it worked out. And, you know, my dad had really good viewpoints on catching that actually stuck with me, which is why I chose it. So I kind of, you know, I like that you can see the entire field, the entire game. I like that you get to touch the ball almost every play, and I think – you know, everyone says the shortstop is quarterback, but my dad has always said the catcher is. So, like, to me, that's stuff I really like is to be in charge of that. So that was a big part of why I chose catching growing up. Well, I think you have to love it and want to be involved in every single play to choose that position. It's kind of like pitching, right? It's like you have to want to pitch to, yeah. to keep at it, right? It's like I think you have to want to catch, too, though. It is. It's a grind. It's underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And it's something that, like, I feel like, a lot of people, it's it's overlooked all the time. And um, I think, you know, you can have a good pitcher, but they can't be a great pitcher without at least a decent catcher behind home plate. That's very true. And I feel like I've also seen you say before, like some of these awards that you've won, like the Rawlings Gold Glove Award and some of the Defensive Player of the Year awards and things like that. You, I think, have mentioned before that it also, in a way, belongs to your pitchers, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, I personally believe it belongs to everyone on the field, especially, you know, our second baseman shortstops, the ones that take all of my throwdowns, um, the pitchers that they honestly pitch amazing. I don't have to block very often. I don't have to do anything crazy. Um, I don't get that award without all those people, you know, in front of me that have helped me along the way. Well, I really appreciated that perspective because I'm a big proponent of, I think, for no hitters and perfect games and things like that. I feel like catchers should get at least partial credit for that. <laughs> so I love that you're willing to give your pitchers credit. So maybe we should, you know, make that mutual. <laughs> I agree with that. I very much agree. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing, too, is the relationships that you obviously have with everyone in the battery. Obviously, Daniel Williams comes to mind since you all are both super seniors and really close. Um how has that relationship kind of evolved over the years? 
You know, Daniel and I kind of came into Northwestern both like nervous, anxious, and a little bit quiet. Um, And I would describe both of our personalities as very unique and different. And um, we came into it being like best friends right away. Um, I think that difference in us and who we are kind of really connected us and I think that just made like pitching and catching easy for us together and um, that relationship has grown over the years so it's been great it's a lot of fun to catch her (laughs) it seems like it would probably bleed into the rest of the bullpen too then because you guys are sort of the leaders in that way yeah and I mean Michelle um, our pitching coach really works on you know like learning from one another and being able to have that connection with everyone. And I think our pitchers do really well of learning from one another and being ready for that challenge. And, you know, my job and our other catchers jobs are just to be there and really like support them and push them to be their best. And I think that's something um, our whole staff does really well. Yeah. How are your knees feeling at this point (laughs) in the year? You know, I think like any catcher, you feel it some days, but honestly, my body is held up very well, knock on wood. Um, I've been really grateful to have some really great uh, training staff that really helps me. Um, And it also kind of helps to know, you know, everyone, I feel like most athletes hurt in some way or another. Something's hurting, you know, maybe every other day. So it kind of helps to know you're not alone all the time. (laughs) Very true. It's it's rare when there's nothing at all bothering someone, right? Like that feels like it's the rarity. Yeah, 100%. But I feel like the relationships with your coach to really help like Michelle Gascoigne. I mean, she's obviously fantastic. What a person to learn from. Do you guys as both pitchers and catchers, how dialed in are you with her for everything? You know, like with Michelle, she has been there. She's been the places that we want to be, um, you know, before we even made it to the World Series. And I think we took that very seriously from day one. And I think that's something, you know, being able to learn from her, you know, if Michelle's serious, we're serious. If Michelle's laughing, we're laughing, you know, we take what she says very literal and we really take it all to heart. And she's one of the best people to learn from because, you know, she teaches the catchers a lot and we get to see that pitcher perspective. And, you know, we get to help teach in a catching perspective to our pitchers. And I think that's something really cool that she's definitely taught. And that's a big reason I am who I am today and how I've grown. So it's, it's been really cool for our staff to have her. Well, it's always interesting to me because now you'll see former catchers at times being pitching coaches for that reason that you're saying, meaning like the way that you're able to teach pitchers. Do you also, I think I read that you call some pitches occasionally. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Every once in a while depends on, you know, Uh, Michelle wants me to we want to change a perspective or um, you know Michelle's been sick before and I had to step in stuff like that so it's whatever's needed and we do it a lot at practice so it's nothing new when it happens in a game right and that happened last year in postseason didn't it where you stepped in that's right I was that at super regionals at ASU yes and I had the help of our other um I our, one of our other assistants, uh, Morgan Newport, kind of helped call as well. So it was really help, like nice getting help from both sides, you know, someone else and seeing both those perspectives. So, Well, I, I think it's a little bit of a lost art these days where the catchers are, are sort of that involved and that knowledgeable anymore. So I always appreciate seeing that and even seeing that being recognized because, yes, mm-hmm. it's like you did get the Gold Glove Award, right? And I think this is one of those things that kind of add to the list as to how that could lead to that kind of recognition. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it's something that a lot of coaches see it as, well, we pay someone to, you know, watch this video and do all this. And I think that's a great perspective of it, but it's also one of those, you know, they don't fully see everything in the box sometimes. So I think it's great to see both sides. Um, and it's really fun getting to learn that and have Michelle trust me in that. So it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't agree more. The supers at ASU, by the way, last year, that was easily one of the best and most exciting super regionals I think I've ever seen ever. <laughs> it was crazy. And it was just so late for us. Like our time change was so different. We were playing at like 2 a.m. Um, our time and it was so insane. But we all like really worked on staying up late throughout the week to like really be ready for that. Um, but it was fun and we weren't used to the heat either. And so we were just like, we're getting tan. It's going to be warm. And then we're like, we're playing at night. We're not getting tan. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> It was so fun, though. It was so different and such a different atmosphere. Um, it was so insane and one of my all-time favorite, you know, weekends ever. At least you're not getting sunburned either in that case, I guess. True. Uh, there's True. that. I know exactly what you mean, though. I've played at both ASU and U of A during my college days, and I've done it in May and, like, later on in the year, and it's hot. So I completely right. empathize with you. <laughs> we had popsicles in the dugout, which was great. <laughs> I wish they we were electrolyte that. ones. <laughs> Gosh, see, this is the kind of technology that I love to hear about. <laughs> it's great. But the fans, too, including your alumni, were so yeah. fun to watch, not only in Super Regionals, but even at the Women's College World Series, there's just like this pocket of purple yeah. that felt so cool to see. How would you characterize the Northwestern softball culture? You know, it's one reason I chose Northwestern was because of how many alumni come back there, um, how many people love the coaches, love the environment, love the school itself. And I think, you know, it showed with how many fans we had come out to Arizona and barely any of them live out there. So it was like really cool for us. And I think Northwestern's known for having such a good family environment. Like I know all of the alumni, everyone that was there, like came up after the game and like gave us hugs. We got pictures, you know, and I think it's really cool to just have this environment where you think your family's just the 20 some people in the dugout in reality it's hundreds of people that you barely even know so it's really cool it is really cool and it's something that you can't really describe or that like other people aren't going to understand yeah. right like to that level yeah. you don't get it until you're here and honestly my parents really pointed that out when i was looking at northwestern they're like you you're looking at all these places and look at Northwestern where all these people come back and have so many positive things. And even like Tammy Williams, one of the alumni, um, Adrian Monka, they helped me get an internship with them the past two summers. So amazing. like the, the connections are amazing. I think it just shows how good the coaches are at setting up for the future and showing how much they care about their players. It's funny you bring up Tammy Williams because to me, she's someone who sticks out in my head uh, growing up watching Northwestern and even watching them at the Women's College World Series, right? Like in the 2000s. And I think about, I remember seeing you and like Sydney Supple and like all of you guys. And I'm like, I like that the redheaded Northwestern player is still represented. <laughs> you know, we actually joke about that all the time. So we pretend like even if someone's not a redhead in a class, we're like, we need to have one in each class. So like Grace Nito, we always joke is a redhead, um, things like that. But we love the red hair. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fun. It's super oh, fun. It's different. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are your favorite uniforms? Because speaking of like appearance, right? I remember in college, we used to always be like, you know, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, you win, right? So like with that, what is your favorite uniform? We got a bunch of new uniforms this year, actually. You know, I 
I really love our gothic uniforms, you know, the all white with the gold accents on the purple. I think it's really sharp, crisp. Um, I love that. I'm also a huge fan of the all purple. I mean, I always joke that we look like grapes and it's like our favorite thing, Um, but it represents, you know, our school very well. So those are my two favorites. I would definitely say gothic though. I just love how sharp it looks. It does look really nice. I really like those uniforms too. And yeah, you know, the all purple, any, any school when they go all in on their primary color, it might be a lot, but it's, I like respect the commitment. You know what I mean? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Like just steer into it. You know, I like it. (laughs) The other thing about Tammy Williams too, is actually, I think earlier this season, you just passed her in the top five career RBIs list at Northwestern. Is that right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think that's right. I kind of forgot about that. But yeah, no, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And especially, I mean, Tammy Williams is like a monster. I'm up to that. So that's really cool, you know, to be able to say that I'm up there with her is really cool. Yeah, I love how you're like, I mean, I'm not paying attention to that, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing. Yeah, I pay attention, but I forget a lot. My memory is <laughs> not always there. <laughs> that means you're in the present. That's fine. True. That's, that is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But you're obviously dialed in defensively, dialed in offensively. If you had to pick one, would you pick catching or hitting? If you'd asked me before last year, I would have said hitting. Um, Right now, I feel extremely locked in with my defense. Um, But, you know, I'm always a – I love offense. I think, you know, it makes games. (laughs) I don't know if I could pick one. Um, But I guess uh, for me, the big thing is I love hitting more than anything. I've just never um, been been recognized, I guess, for my defense until, you know, I got to college, like mid-career. So that's something that's really been something I'm excited about and pretty honored that, you know, someone has helped me get to that next step. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you hit a walk-off Grand Slam. I've seen you mow down runners, (laughs) right? Like, we're we're doing it all, which I like. But I love that, too, because I think sometimes – who we talk about as the quote unquote best players are the best hitters, yep. but they're not always the best defenders necessarily. So to see you so focused on both, I think is like a very good example too, for even younger girls wanting to get into the game. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when I'm having a bad day offensively, my defense will be right there. So I think it's really helpful for my mindset to know, okay, I may not be hitting my best, but I can reset on defense. And then when I get back for my next at bat, like it's a whole, like I'm refreshed, I'm ready to go. Yes. So what would give you a better feeling then getting like a base hit or throwing a runner out? I love throwing runners out um, because my entire defense goes crazy. The dugout goes crazy. And I think seeing the way they are in those moments is the coolest thing, Um, especially, you know, like Nito at second base, whenever she does get that great tag, she is pumped. She's jumping, screaming. And I think it's really cool. You know, of course I love the base hit. Everyone's crazy then, but I love being able to see all their faces in that moment. The tags. I'm so glad you gave credit to the tags because I always think of that as like the other part of the play, right? Whether it's the catcher throwing out a runner Mm -hmm. or even like a play at home or whatever, you know, but I feel like the tag is so important. Mm -hmm. It's my dad's always told me accuracy and the tag. Um, So there's two parts to it. You know, I could throw it like 20 miles an hour down there, but if I'm not accurate and there's not a good tag, I don't have a chance. So I definitely got to give anyone that has to catch my throws credit. (laughs) But you're doing tagging too at home plate. So you're doing a little bit of both. 
I mean, you get Some it. Days. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not too much, right? Like hopefully there aren't too many plays at the plate. Our but. pitchers have done well, so I'll give them that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, that helps. That always helps. True. And speaking of iconic, I know you mentioned Tammy Williams and I, I always remember watching her, but just like your coaches too, like the draw hands are also so just like classic, like Northwestern, I don't know, just like the epitome of Northwestern softball, it feels like. Does the twin thing ever throw you guys off? <laughs> no. We think they look so different. <laughs> and, but they're very different personalities, so it's it's really awesome. But they are, like, they are Northwestern softball. Like, when you think about Northwestern, like, all of us think about Kate and Carol. Um, and I think, you know, them being so different, yet twins is, like, <laughs> the funniest thing you know carol's the fun crazy one um thinks of a thousand different things you can do to help um you know whatever clicks in your mind and kate's very direct and to the point and she keeps us really in line and i think it's such a great balance and they're they've led this program in an amazing way that i never could have imagined anyone doing so do you happen to know who is slightly older have you ever asked that Yes, Kate is. <laughs> That's what I would have guessed based on personality. Like you said, the oldest sibling, even though it's like minutes, I'm sure. It, you can definitely tell. <laughs> we always joke that Kate is definitely the older and she said she is. And that's what Carol says as well. So we're going to go with that. So they own it. That's fine. <laughs> but I feel like Northwestern being in the Big Ten, too. to me, I think the Big Ten as a whole when it comes to softball is a little bit underrated um, or just not m- maybe discussed as much as it could and should be mm-hmm. on a national scale. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I agree. I think um, Big Ten's really growing. I think it's taken some time. You know, we're not seen as the powerhouses like SEC and all those other um the power five programs. And I think that's something where we're really growing into that. And the Big Ten is kind of taking it personal, honestly. Um, we're really just being physical and working our butts off to be able to prove that we deserve to be out there with, you know, all these other teams that um, get a lot of recognition. You know, I think we're getting there. I just think it's something where we just have to keep improving as um, a conference and being able to prove that we can beat a lot of these teams. And I think that's what will really help us. In my head, I feel like a lot of the teams in the Big Ten are right up there with other teams. And that's like coming from the Pac-12, right, with all the history and all that Mm -hmm. good stuff. But I, you know, I think of all the times I've seen Northwestern in the Women's College World Series historically. You think about Michigan and like what Hutch built and they're still there as well. Like keep on rolling, um, even with Bonnie Thole there. And I don't know, Minnesota, like in the way that they grew as a program, I just I feel like it's there. It's just that I don't know, maybe we need to focus on it a little bit more or give it a little bit more of the attention that it deserves. I agree 100%. And, you know, and I don't know the solution. I know that's like, um, it's a hard thing to kind of understand. But I've thought about that a lot. You know, we have like amazing players at all these programs. And I think um, we're there. And I think it's just something where, you know, we keep getting people to really speak about the Big Ten, um, finding, you know, those announcers, those people, the, the newspapers, like all those articles, like random things just talking about us more and more. And I think it'll just pick up even more in that point. One thing you have to deal with that the Pac-12 and the SEC don't have to deal with as much is weather, specifically (laughs) snow and all that in the Midwest. 
that seems tough. Like that didn't fully register with me actually until maybe a couple of years ago, how hard it is when you're on the road for, I don't know, two months in the beginning of the, the season. And um, I think, who was it? I think it was Ronda Ravel from Nebraska was talking about the real feel rule that you all have and stuff. And I was like, what is that? You know, like these are, this is new to me, but that I feel like considering those things, I mean, throw that in, into the mix and it's even more impressive, I think, with how competitive you all are. Yeah, it's, it's really hard playing in the cold sometimes, but, you know, we're from Chicago and we always talk about how like we're used to these, um, this, this temperature and all that. And I think not a lot of teams have to deal with that. And I think that's something that's really unique to the Big Ten, especially. So I think that's something, you know, we'd love for teams to travel here more. <laughs> I wish we didn't have to travel as much at the beginning of the year, but it's fun for us. It's kind of like a vacation. We get to go somewhere warm. So it's, it's fun still. That's true. That's true. And you're just going to miss UCLA coming to the Big Ten. <laughs> and I'm sure part of me, even just being a California girl, I'm like very interested to see how all those <laughs> – players handle it uh, even though they're not all from California but a lot of them are you know so that should be interesting yeah it's tough I mean it's hard even sometimes for us to just go to the warmth sometimes we're not used to we didn't drink enough water you know things like that yeah. so I think it, it'll be a big adjustment for a lot of programs like that would you be in favor of pushing the start of season a little bit for that reason I've honestly never really thought about it. I'm just used to how it is. I'm not right. against it or for it, honestly. If it would help with the weather, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm not really opposed to it. I think it'd be really cool, though, if teams could travel up here when it is warmer. I think that'd be great and, you know, a change of scenery. You know, these teams don't have to play as home as often, and we get to play home more. Yeah. Well, and as somebody who, you know, was in California uh, for college and hosted a lot – I would have thought it was awesome. I remember Northwestern came out here. We played them, right? Like we played you all when um, – actually, I do remember it was one spring break where it rained a lot, like a lot. And Northwestern had come out here and I think a couple other teams, but most of the games were rained out and everyone was so frustrated because they're like, we came to California to not have to deal with this. Right. And, of course, now we do, right? But I would have loved to have gone to, to Northwestern or anywhere in the Big Ten. I think that would have been fun. Yeah, definitely. I think it would be cool for everyone to kind of – try all the weather, all the seasons in a couple months. So, <laughs> yes, I think so. I mean, I just think it's an interesting aspect with our sport being an outdoor sport. Like you think about basketball and some of these other sports mm -hmm. and you're like, you don't have to think about the elements ever. That's mm -hmm. weird. Except for maybe travel. Right. But like, I, it's like boggles my mind sometimes thinking about that. That's literally a lot of stuff we've talked about. We're like, man, sometimes I wish for an indoor sport. But, you know, we always tell ourselves, we remind ourselves a lot of this on weekends, you know, when it's freezing here. And we're just like, we chose this, you know, we chose to be in the cold. So it helps us a little. Well, yeah, I mean, you you know how to work through it. So I feel like that it's like sounds silly, but probably later on the season when something feels hard, you're like, well, we played in really cold weather. We can do this, you know. Yeah, we played in the snow. It's a big factor when we go to places, so it's pretty cool. But in terms of Big Ten softball, again, just as a whole, what do you wish people knew more about your conference? Northwestern specifically, too, but just like even the conference as a whole. You know, I wish like a lot of people knew how gritty the Big Ten was and how passionate the Big Ten is. I think a lot of times, you know, you think it's a lot of people that really like like a lot of the smarter schools like in Northwestern, Wisconsin, you know, places that have the good degrees, not that other places don't. Um, but, you know, a lot of that. And I think 
it's kind of overlooked because, you know, oh, a lot of them are smart. You know, the sports are okay. Um, not all the football teams are good, you know, things like that. And it's kind of one of those where I wish people just understood, you know, the Big Ten is extremely gritty. And that's why, like, our conference is really kind of crazy with wins and losses right now. There's teams moving up and down the rankings like crazy. And I think um, with Northwestern, I think a big thing is I just wish people knew how much our team loves the game. Um, and how much we care about it and how we're not really into the rankings. We're not really like, we don't care about a lot of it. We just love softball. And I think that's something And if more people saw, people would latch onto it. I think that you do all make that clear when you're playing. Yeah. Like you can see that it's just like we said, like, where do we give the attention to, which mm -hmm. is probably above, you know, you're, you don't need to worry about that. You just play <laughs> above your pay grade and probably mine too. But, you know, it's just it's about yeah, it's about understanding like all the pieces to the game, I think. And I do get that feeling from Northwestern. That's why I asked you about the culture earlier, too, with your alumni and everything else. Uh, that passion just seems so real. I'd imagine does that kind of go all throughout the athletic department as well? Oh, yeah, we have like people from the athletic department come over all the time to our practices like a crazy amount of people and so much support and a lot of them come to the games like all of our academic advisors were there during the games and I think you know like our president shows up a lot our um, athletic director like I think it's crazy how much support we have and just like saying hi to us all the time if they see us on campus um, I think we have so much support and with our team itself we love the game and I think that's something I've never really experienced where every single person loves this game so much um, and being able to experience that every day like even on my hard days you know I always say like Nikki looks like she's enjoying the day I'm like so if I'm having a hard day you know what Nikki Nikki is there to pick me up you know things like that um, so I think it's it's really cool and something really unique to our program that I don't feel like everyone can say and our, our department is very good about being supportive of us and being there that love and that passion does make it easier to not want to worry about things like the rankings and numbers and like all of those things as well, because it's, I mean, at least that's something that you learn really quick in collegiate softball. I think like yeah. if you're worried about those yeah. things, it actually is going to hurt you for those things. If you don't worry about them, then actually you'll probably end up doing better in the end because of that. For sure. And I think, you know, like, because of the way we love each other and love the game, I think, you know, if someone makes a mistake, we don't really get angry about it. We're not upset. You know, if three runs scoring an inning, I'm not upset at the pitcher. I'm not upset at errors or hits or whatever. No one is. We're just like, okay, we just got to score some runs, you know, just one of those where it's, it makes it a little like less stressful on you, honestly. Yeah. Less stressful in a game that could easily be stressful yeah, if we, if sure. we let it. <laughs> for yeah. sure. And we're big on making sure that failure is not a big part of, you know, who we are or anything where, you know, it's okay if I strike out three times in a game, if I'm running for my fourth at bat and I can set the other ones down, it's, it's a big part. My teammates believe in me no matter what I've done in the past. And I think that's a huge part of why we're, we've been successful um, is because of how we're able to set down a lot of our failure and, you know, just things that happen and being able to move on from it and have support in one another. I love the way that you frame that to set down our failure. Like you don't have to keep holding it. I, I really like that a lot. I don't know if I'd heard it framed that way before. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Our coaches give us like, I think it was like 10, 20 seconds basically to like be frustrated, you know, when you come in from striking out or whatever it is. And then you got to turn around and you got to keep going because you need nine people on the field. You need all 20 some in the dugout. So you can't really like focus about it, you know, easier said than done. But I think that's something that our coaches have really helped us with. 
Do you feel like you sometimes have to set down your success too? Like you can't dwell on that as well? For sure. And that's something we've, we've had conversations about where it's like, great, you've done this, you've won this. We still have games to go. (laughs) You know, um, I think that's a big part of who our coaches are. They let us have some time to enjoy it and be, you know, like sit in that for a while. Um, And then there's a point where we have to move on and, you know, we can still remember it, but we have to be able to play these next games. And, you know, that was a big thing, like even last year with like the gold glove or whatever, that was right before the world series. And we were excited that night we celebrated. And then the next day we had to be ready to go. So I think it's a big part of, you know, how they teach us, you know, you got to set both failure and success down sometimes be able to move on. Right. Which is easier said than done as is most things (laughs) in softball. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like I've seen you talk about that before, too, just the idea of even last year, obviously, you had a great run and and people ask you about it all the time, right? Because it was such a great experience even just to watch and witness. But you're, I mean, you're well into this season, you know, and you have plenty of goals ahead of you now. And I would imagine that it's hard probably sometimes to, I don't know, even like celebrate the wins or like, do you ever look back and at least remind yourself, like if you're ever feeling frustrated with yourself, like, Oh, but I did do some great things. Like just, you know what I mean? Like sometimes maybe we, we set it down, but maybe we need to pick it back up every once in a while to remind ourselves. Oh, for sure. And that's actually, I know I keep referring to their coaches, but our coaches will remind us, you know, like, um, like this year, honestly, I haven't been hitting as like as well as I'm used to and it's something that I'm really like learning to deal with and I think um my coaches have done well have been like you know how to hit you've done it before you've done well with it and it's like just breathe and go you know and I haven't been frustrated with it it's just kind of a really good example to use and I think it's something that definitely you have to pick it up sometimes and use it where it's like I am a good hitter I am good at this I I've accomplished this before, so I can do it again, you know, really kind of motivates you. Um, But it's definitely something we don't use in like the wrong way, I guess, where we sit in it forever. But no, our, our, we have to use that success for sure. And a lot of times we'll think about last year, you know, like we went through that hard time in the season, you know, where you're traveling like crazy. You, You don't always like the travel. So it's like, we've done it before. We're fine. You know, things like that. Right. So it's like knowing when to set it down and when to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Our coaches have done well at helping us with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like kind of this, I feel like that's a life hack, you know, yeah, <laughs> in general. Is, for sure. <laughs> yes. Well, and I know as, as much as you try to spend your time in the present, which I appreciate and try to emulate, um, you're also having some really exciting things happening for your future right now too. being drafted by the WPF recently, the number 24 overall pick. What were you doing? Like, where were you? What were you doing when the news came out? <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I really didn't want to be around anyone. My family wasn't around. My fiance was at home. Like he works a lot in Indy. And I literally was just like, I kind of want to be alone. And my teammates were so angry when they figured out that I watched it alone. They were like, because not everyone knew or whatever. And I was just like, I'm just going to watch it at home. And then I got so many calls like, why didn't you tell us all this? And I'm just like, so I honestly watched it alone. And then I celebrated with my team because it was exciting. It was just one of those like, too much nerves and I I couldn't handle it in person. <laughs> but um, no, my teammates are so great about that. They were so excited. I mean, I'm getting that vibe from you too, where you're not necessarily like, 
yeah, I would love all the attention to be on me right now, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not always. It's like, I love it sometimes, but then I'm like, with my teammates, I'm like, I, I want to be able to kind of set it aside and, you know, like not be boastful about it and not really like, you know, you never want to shove it in anyone's faces, but they always tell me, they're like, you're not shoving anything in our face. We want to celebrate you. And I'm just like, so they're shoving it in your yeah literally literally well there there could be worse things right (laughs) than than supportive teams (laughs) but the thought of playing professional softball has that always been a dream is that something that recently you realized like hey this could be a reality for me or where did you stand on this you know I've actually not really been asked that so that's a really good question um my mom and dad and I like when I was a kid they asked my goals you know once I got on a good travel team like what did we want I was like I want college and I want pro and then after that you know I I want to coach um and that's something where we've had a lot of conversations about it and it's not that I never thought it was a reality or anything I just never knew like I just kind of worked and hoped that that's what would happen um and so when that kind of hit, I was like, I've always wanted to play pro. Being drafted was like a dream. You know, given the opportunity for me to be able to do this is just like such a blessing. Um, and it's something that I'm like very excited to know that I have this option in front of me. So it's great. I mean, I'm so excited for you. I'm watching all the names being called was was so cool, especially the in-person event. I know that everyone in terms of the players, you all were scattered and everything else, yeah. but just being able to see like, you know, that there was such a centralized experience there was was really cool. And the fact that you're going to one of the most established pro softball teams with USSA Pride, playing for someone like Kelly Kretschmann, like that's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> I mean, I literally remember watching her when I was like in middle school (laughs) and I'm just like, it's crazy, but it's a really cool opportunity. I'm really grateful that, you know, they drafted me and they have that belief in me. And I think that's something really cool. And especially, you know, they are like a storied program where I've known them my whole life, basically. So it's it's very cool. And I'm very blessed. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But it's good that you just recognize that, right? I mean, I feel like Softball is a great sport where I think a lot of us athletes are more kind of grateful or like ride that line of like pushing for more, but also have a lot of gratitude for what there is, um, which is an interesting place to be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. It is. It is. But when you said before that it's not that you didn't think it was reality, but you just didn't know how much of that for pro softball was it? You didn't know because obviously not everyone gets to do that. Like it's a very elite and select group that gets to play professional softball. How much was it that versus, I just don't know what kind, if there's going to be pro softball, what kind of pro softball there's going to be. You know, it was more like, I just didn't, I definitely knew there'd be pro softball somehow, especially, you know, like there was that iffy period when we didn't know like what pro league would be there, you know, athletes unlimited is here in the WPF. Now it was more for me, like, not knowing, I mean, there's only 24 people selected for the WPF and it's, it's like, what do those teams need? And that's where I really didn't know. And, you know, growing up, it was more just like work your butt off and, you know, hope for the best at that point. And that's something, you know, in college, I just played the best I could for my team. And that's, you know, it wasn't the end goal, but it was something that'd be really cool if it did happen because of that. Yeah. And you talked about your teammates, but how did your parents react since they knew what your goals were? 
<laughs> they were really excited. My parents were like, <laughs> they were calling me immediately. And I was just sitting, staring at the TV. I was like ignoring every call. <laughs> and I was just like, this did not just happen. <laughs> and um, my parents were so excited. They were just like, they their phones were blowing up and they were like, we're so excited for you. How do you feel? You know? And I mean, they're the reason I am who I am. Um, my sister called me, she and all of her teammates were watching. So they were really excited for me. Um, I, I don't even know. They just look so proud in that moment. So it was really cool. <laughs> that's so sweet. I mean, of course they are, right? But it's yeah. it's when it becomes real, that's probably crazy. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and your sister plays, where does she play? She plays at Southern Illinois at Carbondale. That's so exciting to have. And you I know you said like she pitched, you caught. I feel like that's such a sibling thing to grow up yeah. with. For sure. I'm glad I wasn't the pitcher for long, though. (laughs) I could not handle that. But no, she's amazing. And she's a big reason um, that I am the catcher I am today because of her being able to pitch to me all those years. Yeah. I mean, do you do summer workouts together and everything? I feel like that's kind of amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. I remember the first few years. I mean, she's a sophomore now there. The first few years I'd come home before she got to went to college. (laughs) She was like, what kind of workouts are you doing? She's like, you don't do all this. This is crazy. Like she thought some of the workouts were insane. But um, no, she helped me all the time. And she always asked questions, you know, wanted to learn. So we really have grown together and helped each other in our careers for sure. Well, you said you have that interest in coaching. It seems like there was a little element of that with your sister, maybe. You're kind of playing with her, right, and working out with her, but the teaching aspect too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's underrated how much she taught me in some ways because she was a very calming presence and I was kind of a psycho when I was a kid, like where, you know, I did get angry a lot. I didn't like when I failed and she was just like, you have to calm down, Jordan. (laughs) She's like, you can't act like a crazy person every time you get out. And I'm like, fine. And she kind of, she's the calming presence, especially in our family. Uh, she's, she's the normal one is what we call her. <laughs> so no, it's been great. And I love, you know, I've definitely taught her some things, but she's taught me a lot as well. Yeah. Not twins, but I'm getting a little bit of the Drohan vibe where it's like, you guys are a little bit different, but you complement each other well. <laughs> very much so. We're very different, but we very much complement each other. That's awesome, though. That's such a what a great just resource for you to have, but just relationship for you to have. I mean, just only positive things I think can come from that kind of family dynamic. For sure. (laughs) Well, and speaking of family, you mentioned your fiance briefly earlier, too. Did I see that he proposed to you on the field at Northwestern? (laughs) He did, actually. And it was really funny. We weren't sure if I was going to play a fifth year yet. It's my senior year. And um, he's a couple years older than me. and He's already working in a nurse and all that. And so (laughs) he proposed or whatever on the field. My whole team was up in the coach's offices watching. And I was just like this is crazy. He knew how important they were to me um, and involving them. And then, you know, us being able to just go off on our own and have dinner after was really nice having both sides of that. So that was, that was very nice. Yeah. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. I love that. I have a lot of videos of them setting up the proposal of all my teammates. It's my favorite thing. Ashley Schultz, one of our other catchers, she um, was raking a bunch of rose petals behind home plate. (laughs) I have videos of that. She's like, it has to be perfect. (laughs) That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Well, it's funny you mentioned her too, because um, I still, I played at Stanford, but I still cover Stanford a lot. I'm I'm pointing on the video because it's like down the street from where I'm at right now. But her sister, Emily Schultz is on the team. And so I've seen the the family around and it was great that you all got to play against each other last year too. 
Yeah, it was so fun. The coaches really do well at trying to get us near our families. Like I got to play against my sister at Carbondale. I think that was last year. It feels like three years ago. But yeah, they try to get us around siblings and family at some points. Yes. I love when coaches do that. And I, it's like when you get older, like you realize, oh, wow, look at all the things my parents did for me. I feel that way about coaches a little bit where you're like, wow, they really put so much thought into like me as a person and all my teammates, you know? Yeah. And I've really thought about that this past year here. Um, and a little bit last year where I was just like, I did not realize how much these people shaped my life and how much they have done for me and kind of directed me in the way I want to go and just kept me on a good path. Is that what makes you interested in wanting to be a coach down the line? Yeah, you know, I I never knew necessarily what I wanted to do growing up. Like I loved coaching, you know, that was a big part of it, but I never really knew if it was like my calling or whatever you want to call it. Um, But watching Kate, Carol, Michelle, you know, all of our coaches over the years, how they've done things and the type of people they are have really like inspired me to want to do that because I do love teaching. I've done lessons for years. I think it's something I've considered, but them telling me like you would be a good coach is something that kind of set it into motion where um, I can hopefully follow the way they coach and lead the same way they do. We talk about how it's nice when coaches believe in you as a player, but for them to believe in you in that way too is a really high compliment, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they support us in every aspect of our life. You know, Um, Kate's daughter is one of my junior bridesmaids. And then Michelle's baby is also one of my flower girls. So So (laughs) we're all very excited. Yeah. It's going to be such a Northwestern wedding although your fiance did not go to Northwestern is that right he's just from around my hometown area he played baseball down in Franklin Indiana um but his sister plays softball with my sister at Carbondale (laughs) so amazing all in the family clearly (laughs) so are we are we thinking like a purple color scheme or is that too much for the wedding (laughs) it was too much for me (laughs) Um, I chose blue (laughs) close enough with red hair very true. Still a cool tone. Like, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, if I do purple, I'm going to be the crazy purple girl. My bedroom growing up was purple, like everything. So I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it would have, yeah. You're like, I think you, you'll mix it up a little bit going to the pride too. You'll get a little more just kind of red, white, and blue vibes going on. <laughs> That's so fun. That's really, really cool. All of these things are like, to me, what makes it special. Like, I know we started off by me introducing you and all your awards and all of those things, but you talking about the fact that, you know, Kate's family and Michelle's family are going to be in your wedding. I feel like that's in some ways an even bigger, I don't know if it's an accomplishment, but just like indication of, I don't know, good things. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's a huge thing. Like Ellis has been in so many players' weddings, uh, Kate's daughter. Um, And then baby Skylar, Michelle's baby, is literally like a year and a half now. And so it's like, I'll be your first wedding, I think. (laughs) So I'm just (laughs) like, it's it's really cool how connected we all are. And I remember like when Ellis was born. So it's like been crazy watching them all grow up kind of and being a part of that. And, you know, they always joke about how they've seen us grow up a lot. So it's pretty funny. Oh my gosh, just wait until they get older too. Because the thing is, is that they are like little time capsules because you see them grow up and you're like, oh my gosh, I remember when you were a baby or like, I remember when you were born and I've definitely had that experience in college. I'm not going to age myself, but seeing like my coach's kids grow up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember when you didn't exist yet. You know, literally it's been crazy. (laughs) 
That's really fun. And I'm excited for you to make some of these relationships with some of your pro teammates and coaches and things as well, because, you know, college is its own unique experience, I think, with college athletics as a whole. But with our sport, I think there that passion and everything that maybe kind of dwindles a little bit in other sports at the pro level, I feel like it's still there in a lot of ways for softball. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's cool. Have you thought about this? I mean, I'm thinking into the future now, but like you're going to go be coached by Kelly Kretschmann, who was a player, but now is a coach. Have you thought about soaking up also her knowledge as a coach, almost letting her coach you as a player and as a coach in some ways? (laughs) You know, I will take anything I can get. Learning from some of the best is insane. I try to learn from any coach I've been around. So, you know, for me to being able to learn from someone like that would be amazing. I'll learn. I'll take whatever I can get. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. (laughs) As you should, as you should. Well, before, before we wrap up, is there anything that I've, I've been starting to ask this question because I I'm always interested to hear where everyone's at, especially current student athletes like yourself. Is there anything that is top of mind for you right now in life and softball, whatever it is, or that's like weighing on your heart that you're like, you know what? I kind of want to want to say this in regards to Northwestern pro, like whatever it is, just anything that's top of mind. That's a good question. You know, I think, um, a big thing I want for the sport is for more people to be involved, you know, whoever it is like to grow this sport because it is like at such a big peak and like a point where we could literally just like shoot it with viewers. And it's just like one of those where I'm like, I want more people to support the sport. Um, because I think it's one of the best games in the world. It's fast paced. It's fun. It's really competitive. And you see so much, you know, fire from players. Um, I feel like, you know, like in past times, you know, you don't usually want to see women that are like going crazy and like fired up about things. And now it's so common, you know, you have Caitlin Clark or whatever at Iowa um, and how crazy she is. And I love it. And I think, you know, that's a big thing that's always kind of weighed on my, my mind, my heart, um, where I want this sport to grow and however, you know, us athletes can help is I want that more than anything. Um, and with Northwestern, I just want people to know how much it's amazing here, (laughs) how amazing it is and how much I love it and how, um, this place is, it's home and it's going to be very heartbreaking to have to leave. But, um, these coaches will take you anywhere you want to go. So, well, it will always be home. It won't be the same, maybe, but but it will. And that's what's also special about being an alum. I won't welcome you into that club yet. You still got business to take care of. But yes. when the time comes, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I wrap up with a game with everyone that I, I have on the show. It's called Safer Out. And basically, I'll just bring up a topic, usually softball related. If you like it or you agree with it, you call it safe. If you don't, then you call it out. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 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 So the first one is knee savers. (sighs) Out. (laughs) I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I feel like I don't know any college catchers, I think, that that use it. Did you use it when you were a kid? No, my dad told me never. (laughs) Oh, well, he's like, he was a catcher. So he get you know, he gets yeah. the pride thing. Yeah. Yeah. I asked Abby Monroe that question too. Um, and I think she was with you. I, if I remember right, she was like, well, if you're like little, sure. But eventually, no. <laughs> I've never used them. My dad just was never a fan. So I was just, it's a no for me. Yeah. 
I respect that. I respect that. All right. That was the first one. (laughs) Second one is pulling your catcher's mask off when you're going to catch like a pop-up foul ball. Safer out. out. (laughs) Okay. I want to know more. I want to know more because my college coach also was like, don't take it off. Leave it on. But tell me your thoughts on why. You know, that's a hot topic in the catching world. It's just like I've seen people do it. I've seen people not. Um, I wore glasses when I was a kid. So I never took it off because I was afraid they'd come off and I was so blind. Um, but then as I got older, I was just like, I don't really care to take it off. I can see fine. Um, I think if it doesn't get in your way, keep it on. I think being able to have to think about where you're throwing it is way too hard for me. I just want to catch the ball. Um, no, but I just think if you can't see through your mask while you're catching in general, then if you can see then, you should be able to see a pop-up. That's how I see it. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know if I thought of it that exact way, but that's fair. And it takes time too, right? That's yeah. the way I've always kind of thought of it, but yeah. I'm not a catcher. And you lose sight <laughs> in that, that couple seconds where you're pulling it off. So I'm like, I, I can't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. This all makes sense to me. See, I'm I'm like, I get it. I didn't really understand the why because like I said, I didn't catch. So yeah. I just knew that our coach was like, don't take it off. That's all I knew. <laughs> but I'm no. sure the catchers knew more of why, but for me, I'm like learning. Um, okay, cool. That was the second one. Third one is NIL. Safer out. Safe. I mean, I think I knew your answer on that one. <laughs> but what about it do you think makes it safe? You know, I think when it's used the right way, obviously. But I think it's really great for athletes to start, you know, being able to earn some money or views or being able to use their image in any way they want to be able to move forward and, you know, grow their platform. I think it's huge, especially, you know, people that – um, don't have time to work jobs and need to work jobs. I think that's a really big thing, you know, and I've never had time to work a job. And it's just one of those, this has really helped me um, being able to afford things in my own personal life. Um, and I think also it's just something that's really good to grow our sport. It's something where these brands can really pull softball players into them and be seen more. And that's another way to grow our sport. And I think that's just great for us. So if we can take it, we should run with it. <laughs> I think that's a great point. A lot of people bring up the exposure piece because, of course, right? But you mentioning the job experience part, I think it's actually a really important point because, Mm -hmm. yeah, when are you supposed to have an internship? Are you serious? Like, there's no way, right? Like, as as an athlete, the summers, right, maybe for the spring sports, but even other sports, how do they do that, right? So this is a way to get some of that professional experience. I think that's really, really good call out. Yeah, it allows us to work on our studies more and being able to focus on our sport and just do that instead of having to take time away from that to go to a job. Yep, 100%. All right, you're killing this so far, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Last one. <laughs> Last one is bat flips. Safe or out? That one, I, I want to say safe. <laughs> I think I'm okay. going to say safe. I think it's cool. I just think if it's used in the right context, you know. Um, I yeah. don't like it when I'm playing defense, obviously. Um, I've had it done against us and I just sometimes want to chuck the bat (laughs) myself, but, um, you know, I think those are topics that are talked about on social media. And I think it's something that grows the sport at the same time. I think if it's done the right way, but I'll say safe. True. Have you, or would you ever bat flip yourself? No. No and no. Um, I, I haven't, and I probably wouldn't, I don't plan on it. I don't think about it. I just try to run. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get too nervous. <laughs> I get too nervous that it's not actually going to go over. It's not actually going to be a hit. So I just run. <laughs> well, it's probably good to, to run. That is the goal, right? <laughs> After you make contact. So you're fine. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, thank you again, Jordan. This was super fun. Um, I'm super excited to see the rest of the season for you this summer, playing pro ball, just everything you do in the future. And it was awesome having you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Loved all the topics. (laughs) Perfect. That's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It was a lot of fun chatting with Jordan, especially at such an interesting time right now because it's the end of her college career. It's almost postseason, and it's right before her pro career starts and before her wedding. So that's just a lot of life that's happening, and I'm glad we got to talk about it. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about owning your narrative. In sports, there are always a lot of narratives flying around. And as softball grows more and more, and as more people get involved, there's only going to be a lot more narratives that emerge. The media creates some of those narratives just on a wide landscape, but the coaches also create narratives sort of within their programs. And then there's us creating narratives in our own heads. And we know that sports have incredible stories. The stories are the fun part. In fact, some of the best stories out there come from sports. It's about overcoming adversity or the community coming together, breaking barriers, hard work paying off, etc. Those are the good stories. But with that, it's easy to get caught up in certain narratives along the way that can be limiting. So for example, Jordan talked about how she was known for her offense and not necessarily known for her defense as a catcher before college and early in her career. And to be known for, quote unquote, something in sports usually means like this is what other people think of you. So if she would have internalized that, like, oh, people think that my value is my offense, Do you think she gets the Gold Glove Award at all, let alone the first one ever? Probably not. But she didn't let other people or outside narratives define her or limit her. She was just herself, and she owned it. And I think that starts internally with what stories you tell yourself about yourself. And from my view, owning that is undoubtedly part of success. So that's it. Own your narrative. That's a foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com and YouTube, too. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you liked it, write a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V. You can reach out to me personally on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.